Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Mancini Monday. Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Del Mendo, and Ryan Herrera with you after a Cubs convention, the first one in a couple years. Uh, that was fun. Happy uh, Martin Luther King Day. And I uh, hope everybody had a good weekend. We get lots of NFL football we could talk about, but we have so much Cub stuff to get to that I feel like, for once, the NFL is on the back burner. We mm-hmm. we had all kinds of news. We were all at the Cubs convention. We were in different places. We are all over. Cody was a man of the people for a while. He was shaking hands, kissing babies, posting social videos. Uh, how did you guys like Cubs convention for the first time in a couple of years? What did you think of it? Um... You know, so, you know, I went, uh, I had like the fan pass or whatever. So, you know, I was walking around, uh, getting to talk to people. I got to hang out with my guy, Mike Dubs, a little bit on Friday. Yeah, shout out to him. uh, Sat next to him uh, at the opening ceremonies. Um, I don't know if I've ever met a more diehard fan. And I I mean, I consider myself one, but this guy, this guy bleeds blue, man. Um, Was he running with a Cubs flag throughout the lobby? (laughs) I was surprised he wasn't. I was surprised that he wasn't. But I, anyway, I saw uh, saw him, um, saw a few other fans. Uh, shout out to Lauren Wisdom um, and, her, and her friends. Um, of course, saw Crawley um, kind of he, – he's on another level that any – maybe maybe he beats out Mike Dubs, but that might be good for Dubs. No offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I went to uh, Lizzie McNeil's. Uh, after like the opening ceremonies and like hung out with the uh, you know a lot of the bloggers and podcasters. Shout out to the guys from Wrigleyville Nation. They've had me on their pod. I know they've had Jared on there too. Um, talked to them for God knows how long when when I was there. Um, <clears throat> saw Brett Taylor uh, from Bleacher Nation. Uh, full count Tommy met him for the first time. There's just a lot of people. Sarah Sanchez. Uh, Danny Rocket, just a lot of people from Cubs Twitter. It was cool to, you know, a lot of them I've never met in person. So it was cool to, like, finally put a face or, I guess, a human body to a face or whatever you want to call it um, compared to, like, you know, the last couple years, right? So that was probably my favorite part of just the entire convention. That was just Friday. I saw some other people on Saturday. Finally met my guy, Dom Frederick, in person on Saturday. Um, I... There's so many other people. Uh, I was hanging out with uh, Jake Banowski, who brought the K signs. Um, I the, saw that, yeah. The Kerry Wood 20-strikeout uh, game. Uh, yeah, I hung out with him a little bit. We had we had a few beers at the bar there on the in the lobby. Um, met some people from Club 400. The, the guy who started Club 400, I met him. Uh, so, yeah, no, it was just – that was probably my favorite part. Uh, is I you know it was the first time going where I didn't just stand in lines and like sit in the panels or whatever. It was like it was cool to like meet other people. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was neat that first of all, if you would have gone into this a month ago, I think there would have been a very negative feel to Cubs convention, right? Like I, I feel like there was a sense that this could get ugly, and it was nice to have it return with um some positivity around it because that's really what it is. You don't want the fans to be all angry there. Um, I think that most of what was 
uh, presented out there was in a very positive light. You know, you're always going to get some of the questions at the family panel, which we'll get to later. Um, but I think the Mancini signing certainly helped it. You know, we talked about Trey Mancini on Thursday's podcast. And we were like, well, are they done? Is this all over? Now that they have Hosmer, I assume they're done. They're not going to do Hosmer, Bellinger, and Mancini. And sure enough, you know, Jed said uh, in the press conference, uh, he said in the afternoon, you know, Hosmer would play every day against right-handed pitchers, which kind of had people raising their eyebrows a little bit. Like, what, what's, what do you mean every day against right-handed pitchers? And, you know, you weren't sure with the whole Mervis thing. And sure enough, uh, he'd mentioned he'd been making some phone calls and Trey Mancini appears is getting a two-year deal. And that also looks like a pretty – Cody put on Twitter, and I think this summed it up. I think, Cody, you're 100% right. You're like, Mancini, Hosmer, better than Rivas and Schwindel, right? Like, yeah. there's no way you can't, yeah. can't say that, that that's that's been upgraded. Like, it's greatly upgraded. And then you still have Mervis, who could bring the youth to the position and, and upgrade that. So – and it takes pressure. I off feel good about it. I feel good about it. And I think it brought Cody. I think it brought a, a positivity that I didn't expect to really see out of the Cubs fan base. There was very little negative activity on Cubs Twitter over the weekend. Yeah. Especially with that signing. I, I didn't see a lot of negative negativity about, it. I think a lot of people were a little shocked. I was a little surprised because I thought once they signed Hosmer, they were done with Mancini. And we talked about that last week. And Ryan Ryan was playing it down the middle saying that it made no sense to, to get Mancini now. And then it happened. Still doesn't. <laughs> so, yeah, they have, to, they have to remove someone to open up a 40-man spot, right? So we're going to see what happens there. I think a trade definitely feels like is coming now. Uh, so I don't think the Cubs are done. Jed was very – he was very upfront about that. Uh on Saturday during his panel about how they weren't done. Uh, and that was before Mancini was signed. So, um, yeah, it, it's a, to me it's exciting because they needed more offense. And that's why I'm okay with it. And now if, well, if Hosmer doesn't work out, then you, you have a backup option there. And you can call it Mervis uh, if, if Hosmer doesn't work out. It's, it's to me, I mean – I I won't walk back what I said. Like it still kind of doesn't make sense the way the roster is currently constructed, and that's kind of the whole point. Is you you added a you added a bat uh, to a lineup to, to a you know a bat that's not very versatile uh, in the field to a lineup that has a lot of versatility, but also has a lot of mouths to feed, and you know there's a finite amount of at bats to go around. Um, he's going to take up a good chunk of that. Now I understand it in in the sense that the Cubs want to be better in 2023. He's a good player. He's going to help the team be better. Uh, maybe as another couple wins, you know, if he can reach a couple wins and, you know, and wins about replacement, that's good. Um, he's going to help the team be better. Uh, and the, the leadership qualities that he brings obviously will help in that clubhouse. Like the, he, he is a, he is a positive addition to the team. It's just the way the roster is currently set up. It doesn't make sense. Like if you, if, if you were to get him, then you didn't really need to get Hosmer, but when they got Hosmer, I think that's kind of when we're all like, okay, that's going to be their first baseman. Mervis is there too. you know, go from there. Now it's, kind of to the point where you're either going to need to make some trades. Matt Mervis is going to start the season in triple a, which I think we were all kind of wanted to already see him, see what he could do in the major leagues. But now that may be delayed. Um, There's the way the roster is currently constructed. It doesn't make sense, but obviously they're going to have to do something about it to to, to declare, to 
bring more clarity on what exactly the lineup's going to look like, the 40-man, the, the active roster, how that's all going to shake out. It's just not clear right now, and that's when I say it doesn't make sense. That That's what I mean. Yeah, and I wasn't saying that you were right or wrong. I was – I like I said, or like we both just said, like they have to – it seems like a trade is coming, and I don't know if that's for Magical. I don't know if McKinstry is a guy that other teams are interested in. I don't know, but it would then make more sense. But at the same time, you know, you st- you could start Mervis in AAA, uh, get him through, wait until May when it's not so cold, and you know how offense works in, a- in April at Wrigley, right? Uh, and let Mancini and Hosmer, you know, platoon, first base DH. Um, and you could call Mervis up in May, uh, say an injury happens, and – you could still run those run with those three. Obviously, one of them wouldn't be able to play every single day. But you know, if you want to, you want to have Mancini in there. But maybe Hosmer doesn't match up well with this pitcher. Then you still have a lefty in there with Mervis to play DH or first base, whatever. You know what I mean? I think that they're interchangeable. It's like like Hosmer is not 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 blocking anyone, man. Like if they absolutely yeah. like if he doesn't play well, like they can easily just let him yeah, go. It's, it's, paying it's, it's, well, he's not even making a million dollars. Do you think it contract. shows any less? confidence in Mervis or to, or do you think it shows that they want Mervis to earn it? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is an indictment on Mervis at all. I think it's, as people are mentioning in the chat, you know, he had really one good year in the minor leagues and he kind of shut up, Like he really doesn't have a lot of experience at the triple a level, which is again, right, right below the majors. Uh, and the jump into the major leagues is the biggest jump any player can make at this point, from, you know, from triple a to majors or whatever. Um, it's the biggest jump. So um, I, I think it's more of, they, they want to be better um, in 2023. Uh, it's hard to put all your eggs in the, the basket of a prospect uh, who has had one really good year in the minor leagues. Um, so they added, you know, a guy, a guy who should be pretty good uh, in Trey Mancini and a guy who had a little bit of a down year in Eric Hosmer, but um, who has a little bit of a pedigree is going to be a good clubhouse presence. And for as little as they're paying him, um, any sort of bounce back would, would be a benefit from that. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just a- adding a couple guys that's going to help the team be better, um, help mold that clubhouse culture. Um, and I guess the way it looks is, uh, is allowing Matt Rivers to spend a little bit more time developing in the minor leagues, working out whatever last little flaws or, or fixes need to happen, um, at that level. So that when he, you know, they're, they're not rushing him to the major leagues. And when he comes up, he's, he's fully ready. And it's like, it's at that point where it's like, okay, he has n- literally nothing left to prove in the minors. Let's, it's, it's, it's his time now. That's what, that's where it's at right now. I think. I think it's interesting that there, it sounds like it's a two-year deal. Um, but again, if Mervis develops, whether it's Hosmer or Mancini, you can move on from one of those guys pretty easily, whether it's mm-hmm. just releasing them or trading one of them, if you want to, of the group of guys that they're banking on for somebody to have a bounce back season, Bellinger, Mancini, Hosmer, um, Tucker Barnhart. Like there's a group of guys, obviously to a much lesser degree, he's there obviously for the defense, but like of those three bats, who do you think is the most likely to have a season where uh, we're sitting here in July and we go, wow, that was a great signing. Which, which of those three do you think has that opportunity the most? Um, I, I I do think there's a high ceiling for Bellinger. Um, and I, 
listen, I know the Cubs convention is all about getting fans excited and stuff, but it, I did have, I did like a lot of what he had to say and what, you know, the coaching staff had to say about, about him there. Um, so, you know, that to me, like he has the highest ceiling of anyone on this team. If he, I mean, if he channels anything close to 2019, you're you're feeling really good about this team. And with Brennan Davis, basically, not even basically, he literally said that he's 100. percent Like, you 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 have depth there. So if like it doesn't work out, then you have him when he gets called up. I don't know because I don't know how many at bats the Cubs want him to get in Triple A or or if he in who knows if he has an insane spring. Who knows? Maybe he does start the team, but I doubt it, and I think we all doubt that. But I'm just saying that like there's depth that depth in the outfield and so if it doesn't work out it's fine but i do think that there is a high ceiling with someone like bellinger uh on a one-year prove it deal who has an agent like scott boris who's known for getting guys paid so he has a he lot has to the play highest for. ceiling right yeah. yeah he has a lot the to play ceiling. for and a, and a lot sure. to you know prove so i do think that there's um i think that that's i think that's one that we could all sit here and be really excited about in july um he just seems like someone who's so ready to just get back to what he was doing. Again, I understand what the convention's all about, but he seems very motivated and, and super excited to play at Wrigley. So, um, we yeah. have a super chat here, nine ninety nine. Oh, the Duke coming through with the cash again, with the shift gone in second baseman now premium defensive position. Wouldn't you want to sell Madrigal now for any premium you can get from a from a needy team? Dump him for prospects. And forty man solved. Well, we don't Red. we don't know. I mean, that could be happening. One interesting thing we had over the weekend was that he was taking reps at third base. Yeah, right. Like yeah. something we we another thing that we questioned last week. Like it was almost like a Jed was listening to our podcast and saying, "Whoa, that's the opposite. Let's try that out." Let's, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know how much to look into that, but I'm, I'm Cody. We, we talked about it with some of our friends that we met at Lizzie McNeil's actually on Friday. Um, I don't think you have to really worry about Madrigal playing third base. Um, maybe he's taking some reps there just to, you know, oh, hey, it's, it's you know, it's the off season, see what, see, just to see things. Yeah. Um, but you have, at this point, you got Wisdom, Morrell, McKinsey. You got, you got options at third base um, that also need playing time. Like, I, I know we've talked about Madrigal um, needing to play his way into like an everyday lineup. Like, that's on him to do that. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe, maybe trying to see if he could play third base is, is him trying to show like, Hey, like I have more versatility than you think I do. I can play. I can play when guys in third base need a spell. I can even play shortstop. Maybe if a guy needs a, a break for a game or two, right? Like maybe that's magical. Um, show, trying to show he's a little more versatile than we give him credit for. Um, I just don't think without having seen it and without legitimately, like without it being a legitimate competition that he's in, um, I don't see him playing third base, but I mean, if he, if he comes in spring training and he does it and you're like, he's just wowing everyone. Like, Again, that that's maybe his way of playing himself into more everyday at bats, more of yeah. uh, more playing time than just being a bench bat. I'll say just, this, you know, with with Trevor Story going out for the year, basically for the Red Sox, like they 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 need someone like Nick Madrigal, like they like he, it opens up a space for him. So, and you know how the Cubs and the Red Sox have that relationship. To me, like if 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 there's a trade, right? I don't know what the Cubs would get back for him, but his value so low, you're not going to get anything special. So if he went to the Red Sox and was good, then we'd sit here and, you know, be whatever about it. But I'm just saying like, there, there are teams that could use a guy like Madrigal and they could easily move him. So, um, 
but I, I, I'm not fully out on the guy either. I would love for the Cubs to keep him and, and remove someone else. I don't know who, but he's, of course, he's at the bottom tier of like who should be on the roster, in my opinion. But I'm not, I, that doesn't mean that I've fully given up on the guy uh, have being successful with the Cubs. So, uh, so we also yeah. had some updates this weekend. Now, uh, Ryan, you have a sound from about Hap uh, getting his extension and uh, or, or possibly getting an extension and Nico yeah. possibly getting an extension. Is that from Jed talking about that? Yeah, was a, yeah clip of Jed uh, asked about extensions for those two guys. Um, we'll, let, we'll let Steven play it, but just don't expect any groundbreaking news from the video. It's, it's but they, very they did avoid point. arbitration with uh, did avoid Hap, arbitration. Did so, avoid But it. now the focus is can you get an extension with those two guys? Um, I can't tell you, you know, where they stand, but I can tell you that um, we have interest in, in, in both guys and in, in, in keeping them long term. And we've had, you know, we started the process. I guess I would say we've had we've had dialogue with the agents and where that is in the process. I would never reveal or what the offers are, but certainly, you know, there's a real desire, and, and um, we've had the, those meetings with their representatives. So, you know, he didn't say a ton, but obviously the, there's there's dialogue, he said. So that's that's a positive. Yeah. Uh, we also had an update on Kyle Hendricks. We're going to get in a bit. I believe there's another super chat, correct? Yeah. yeah Jed needs to pick the tie, Galvin says. I agree, the tie. Come on, man. It's it's important. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you gauge potential meter as of now? Potential for, like, the Cubs? I, I think that's what it meant. Oh, shout out means. to Fernando, by the way. Um, yeah, thank you, by the way. Yeah, um, awesome. I would still, you know, we've talked about like moving the needle so many times. I would say the Cubs at this point, because we still don't know what the roster is going to look like. Like I keep saying, like, there could be a trade or something like that. Like, I'll just say that I feel better about the team than I did before the Mancini signing. That's see. And so and I you didn't think, think you were going to. I Well, yeah, but I. You know me, Luke. I can't help myself. I think I think they could win low. Like I think the 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 ceiling is you know eighty six, eighty seven, and the floor is low eighties, so like eighty, eighty one. I think that anywhere in that range could happen. I mean, the over under total is seventy eight on the sports books. So yeah, I think they could go over that seventy eight, and I would say the floor is you know five hundred. Yeah, I, I, don't believe, I, I don't believe that uh, yeah. Brady says the highest possibility is constructed 86 games and squeaking into a wild card. I don't believe that just because I don't I don't believe the division's that good. Could I see a scenario where the Cubs finish in third place? Of course I could. That that would be low barrel. If they finish in third again, it's a disaster. So they should be better than Brewers in my eyes. But could I see a scenario where injuries hit the Cardinals and everything clicks for the Cubs? Of course. I don't think they're the favorite to win the division. Um, no, but I wouldn't rule that possibility out. Like Ricketts said, he expects them to compete for the division. I don't think that's as absurd as saying last year, we hope to be competitive when we could all look at it and go, what is what? he talking Ow. about? Like That's not going to happen <laughs> this year. He says it. And I think most people kind of at least drank a little bit of the cubby Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same kind of boat as Cody. I'm maybe a little less optimistic on Cody. This is what I talked about. Uh, with some people on Friday and obviously prior to the Mancini signing maybe helps that a bit. Um, I said, you could say this is probably a solidly 500 team like that. As far as floors go, um, you, you kind of hope that that's it. Uh, but I could also see them, you know, uh, things kind of 
the the injury bug biting again or just the guys that are the kind of reclamation flyer projects not quite bouncing back the way they could um i could see probably that you know that if it's 500 that kind of deviating four games each way four or five games each way just based on kind of you know the happenings of a baseball season right on paper you could probably say this is at least a 500 team with potential for for better right definitely because yeah. they have good players and they have players that you know maybe a change of scenery helps uh, but baseball, the baseball is not played on paper. Play, baseball is played on the field, and we know over 162 games, uh, stuff happens. So um, I, I could say if the, I mean I could see this team winning about like 86 or so games. Uh, I'm not going to put my money on that uh, because things happen. But uh, I think it has potential to kind of be one of those fringe wild card teams. Like definitely uh, better in the division. Like the wild card may not even be in the cards just because we know how much better a lot of those teams in the other divisions got. Um, but there's probably a point where they're competing for a division here. Um, and then if that, you know, I don't want to put too much optimism into it, but if that gets into the end of July, um, Cubs may, you know, maybe they think about buying here this year instead of selling again. The Cubs could That'd easily, crazy. The, they could easily compete for the division here. I mean, you want to talk, everyone wants to put the Cubs down because they, for going 39 and 31, cause they had an easy schedule in the second half. Well, the Cardinals had the easiest schedule in the second half of baseball too. And their pitching isn't wowing anyone like let's be like i there's there's real optimism there's you can find real optimism in the cubs competing in this division and milwaukee i mean you led the you were in first place at the at the at the all-star break and you traded josh Hader in first place you're 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 a mickey mouse organization i i'm never going to be afraid of them so there, there's there's no reason that or there's no there's no reason that you could you know, not see it happening. Now, will it actually happen? We don't know because there's a lot of questions and you're hoping for some some breakouts from some guys, a lot more breakouts than those other two teams for sure. But there, I, I think there's reason for optimism Optimism on that. Colado's got him at 80 and 82. If you think the Cubs have a chance, I'm just saying a chance to compete for some sort of playoff spot this year, make sure you hit the like button. We've got 173 people here. We need a few more likes, and we'd also, if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're someone who's just downloading the podcast later on, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check us out there. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. We're cranking them out one after another for you. And uh, thanks to everybody that's joined in the chat today. Great to have everybody here. Great to have the positivity, even if it's 80 and 82 out of Michael Collada. I consider that positivity sometimes on a Monday. It just I would feels- like <laughs> Colada yeah. said something in the chat earlier about how there were no booze. There were booze. It was just mixed. All right. There were booze. It, it, there were, they, he's he's yeah. right in that they did a nice job of changing the narrative. I don't know for if sure. they held the Mancini signing for a little bit, if that's a possibility, if that was actually held for the convention just to kind of create a little more buzz. But I think it got people talking about possibilities. And I also think Cubs fans just being around other Cubs fans. Um, there was there was something positive to that, right? Like especially Saturday was a sunny day. It just felt like you were a little bit closer. We've had a, a really warm January, so it didn't feel like we're on this death march to like seven months of uh, snow and rain. So it was better. And then we also had Marquis presenting a lot of this with a lot of live coverage, including uh, an interview that we grabbed off their Twitter of Kyle Hendricks, who's updated that you know he might not be ready for opening day. But he is making progress. So uh, 
Steven, if you had that Kyle Hendricks clip, let's take a listen to that. So obviously, I'm itching to get going, and I would want to be throwing every single day, but I really got to trust the doctor and the staff I have, and they're amazing. They've dealt with so many of these before, and obviously this being my first one, so I've, I put a lot of trust into them, but the throwing program's going great, and I should be there real early. We're not going to put a day on it, but yeah, I would love to be there opening day, May, obviously in that range. Uh, I should be getting off the mound here pretty soon, and that's really the next step to see how I feel, but so far, no hiccups at all, right on track, uh, so yeah, I can't wait, especially... With this group we got this year, man, I got to be out there. You know, I got to take full advantage of this, so I can't wait for all the wins. <laughs> we, uh, we had a bunch of interviews with uh, some current Cubs players that will be coming on the podcast over the next couple of weeks. We're going to spread them out a little bit. Uh, yeah, you see Ryan and I uh, and YouTube Luke, you talking. you look so to happy. You look Hayden so West happy. Nessie. Yeah. So it, it was fun. And, you know, after we – Edbert Alzali was one of the players that we talked about, and afterwards – I asked him about Kyle Hendricks and he's like, man, he's going to be good. He's good. And people are underestimating him. Like he he's, he's one of those players. And I said, why do you believe that? And he said, because everything he does since the day I've watched him is to be better every single day. Like I, I found it interesting that that was the player he picked when he said, you know, this is the guy whose brain I pick. This is the guy I watch and that he's sort of an open book and that even Alzali is someone who, since the day he's been in the organization, has always looked to Kyle Hendricks as a guy that can teach him. So, listen, he's a, I, there's a, there's five or six different guys you could call X Factor. We could do a podcast on just the possible X Factors for this team. Obviously, Bellinger is a huge X Factor for this team because if he's, if he turns out to be anywhere near an MVP level, it completely changed the team. But Kyle Hendricks being good not even great, good Kyle Hendricks really changes that rotation too. Yeah. Like if you have him down at the bottom of the rotation and he's giving you consistent starts um, that are more like a guy that's a, a, a three instead of a five, then you're getting something pretty special out of that. So yeah. I, I, I think that's a podcast coming up. Well, who, who are your X factors and, and who's really the, the best yeah. at that right now? Yeah. Well, and then just really quick to touch on Kyle, like um, that's, the I guess where he's at uh, is really good for him, but we it also kind of sounds like hey, opening day is probably not in the cards. Um, yeah. Like he's they're gonna take it slow, um, make sure he kind of bounces back from this, and then you know take the time to do everything else they want to do with him this off season to kind of help him get back to um, you know his past form. Um, uh, someone says in the chat, I, I don't remember who exactly said it. Oh, Greg, Greg's going to sleep. There you go. Uh, with Kyle being out, that basically guarantees Wesneski in the opening day rotation, right? Um, I don't know that it does. Uh, I think he kind of, he, he had a great month, uh, you know, we know that. And, and it was awesome to see in September, um, but it's only been a month in the major leagues. He has to kind of go out and prove it again himself, but you also got guys like, you know, Javier Assad and Adrian Sampson and, and guys that if you're talking about the number five in your rotation, um, those guys were, you know, they, they were good. Uh, they, they were good call-ups last year that helped kind of keep the rotation stable for a while. Uh, Wasneski probably has the, the potential to be better than them. I'd say he's, he, if things go right, he will be. Um, but it could also be a scenario where they, you know, start him in AAA and then let him keep dominating AAA batters, stay on that starter schedule. Um, if we're looking at Kyle Hendricks, he may end up, you know, uh, being back to play within a few weeks, right? And then you kind of mess up what's, that, what's going on with Wasneski in the major leagues mm -hmm. to kind of acclimate Kyle Hendricks back into the rotation. It's, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that, 
he won't be on the opening day star. Uh, he won't be an opening day rotation guy, Wesneski. Um, but there's definitely real realistic scenarios where he's not and he's in triple A and people probably won't be happy about that. But um, it kind of goes just to the long term development of him and also making sure you're not disrupting that uh, when Kyle Hendricks is back and ready to pitch again. Because as Tommy Hadovy told me uh, at the end of the season, like as long as Kyle Hendricks is healthy, he's going to be in the rotation. That's they don't envision him being a long relief bullpen guy. So if he's healthy, they're going to have to get him in the rotation and that's going to kind of affect the way, you know, what they're doing with Wesneski in the future. They, yeah. They didn't get the automatic ACE this off season, but they did deliver what a lot of people asked for. And that was very good depth to protect them from if Kyle Hendricks doesn't make it back. If one of the other guys, they've, they've got a pretty good stable of arms that you feel comfortable about marching out on a major league field where you don't feel like you're going to get embarrassed because that guy's on the mound. So they, they have done that in the off season, Ryan, it Saturday, I needed my shady rays and I forgot them in the car. And now I'm taking my shady rays and I'm making sure I got that little, you know, there's like a little holder up in yeah. my roof where I, the shady rays are going up there. I'm not making that mistake again. We had all those cloudy days and I thought I don't need the shady rays today. I made a mistake. Yeah, you made a mistake. I mean, you could have probably used them. We had the the studio setup we had, the really bright lights uh, yep. that our GM, our GM Jake brought along. So you definitely could have used Shady Rage for that too. Um, good thing you didn't, though. We wanted, you know, we wanted to be able to see Here your face are. on these podcasts when they come out. Uh, but Shady Rays, Shady Rays. Let me tell you about Shady Rays. Let me find the ad real quick. Shady Rays <laughs> never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't need to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You drop them in the lake, off a cliff, or anything, they'll replace them. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that I can tell you Holding in my hand, wearing on my face, you know, carrying around with me when I don't forget them on the way to CubsCon. Uh, they seem just as good as any expensive pair that I have ever worn. Shady Rays customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals for hunger to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. They stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem, they throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. You get free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running the deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. That's buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem that code CHGO for 50% off only at Shady only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. Don't forget to smash the like button out there. We see there's over 200 of you in the chat. We appreciate that. And hopefully you already know about our next partner because I've been talking about him for like nine months. Can't stop talking about him literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I didn't have time, wanted better gut health, more energy, and optimized immune system. I've been on it since last spring, and I love it. It doesn't taste super healthy, but it is super healthy, and it has this mild tropical taste. So I take it first thing in the morning. Here's what it is. One scoop of AG1. You absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. They have a special blend of ingredients here supporting your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery, focus, aging, all those things. 
I get a boost of energy, so I take it empty stomach first thing in the morning, and you there I go flying off to the day. It's lifestyle friendly too, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, you're all good with AG1, investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance for less than three bucks a day, recommended by professional athletes, more than 7,000 five-star reviews. So right now, reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop in a cup of water every day, regular old water. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Cubs. Again, athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Cubs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I don't know if you guys uh, saw it. I don't know if you guys saw it, the the CHGO Bulls team because they're going to Paris. I think they leave today. Yeah, um, right. Kind of put together their little their little traveling like checklist, right? And I think it was Will, it was Will Gottlieb. We call him Will Goatlieb. He had, he had seven yeah. packs of AG one taken taken with him to Paris. Yeah, yeah. and AG1's, I bet you he took his the travel packs. He's got the oh, travel yeah. packs with yeah. him. You know, AG one's going uh going international now with with Will I, Goatlieb. I will take like 20 packs of athletic greens if CHGO sends us to London this year. <laughs> I'll take as many as, your as they can give me. I'll take yep. as many as they can give me. If they, they send stop you London. customs, sir, do you have anything that's uh... – <laughs> no, it's just AG1. It's just AG1. <laughs> I know it seems superhuman, but it's just the AG1. Um, <laughs> so other news to come out of Cubs convention. Um Michael Collada's right. He said, like, they kind of spread different news. They talked about Hall of Fame. They talked about statues. And the news came out that Ryan Sandberg will be the next statue. So Rhino will be the sixth statue at Gallagher Way. Uh, he'll be the fifth player now, or former player, to get a statue at Gallagher Way, uh, joining Ernie, Billy, Fergie, and Ron Santo. Uh, obviously, all Hall of Famers. So the Hall of Famers will all have their statue, and then the Harry Carey statue there as well. Um, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, exciting that somebody gets to see it, take his family there. Rhino certainly deserves mm -hmm. it. You know, if it weren't yeah. for he he's for my generation, he's the Mr. Cub, right? Like I know we'll get to Sammy talk in a second, but at, at, there's, there's debates about Sammy, right? Like whether people love him or hate him. I think most people still love him. They know that there's probably mm -hmm. some cheating that was going on. Rhino, there's no debate. Every Cubs fan ever, it's like it's like Ernie Banks. Everybody loves Rhino. So to yeah. see him get that statue, now I'm curious what the pose is going to be. Right? <laughs> yeah. Is it going to be his stance? Is it going to be his swing and then kind of a stride in in mm -hmm. in remembering the Sandberg game? Is it going to be him turning a double play at second? Mm -hmm. I think it's debatable. Mm -hmm. I think they go with a swing. That's just my guess. Although he had so many gold gloves that it's possible they could go with the fielding route. I, I think wonder, it's the swing. I don't know. I, I think it's a swing just because it's a little more vertical. And you like the, the, yeah. yeah, all the statues kind I of do vertical. Too. Maybe not even swing. Yeah. I, I I got a feeling it's gonna be the stance, not the not into this like free swing. I don't obviously. know. I think it could be a freeze of halfway through the swing or just as he after he made contact with the second home run off of Bruce Suter. Like, say, just freak yeah, that and then build yeah, the statue be. after that. People would recognize it instantly, right? Yeah, um, so I think that's cool. I don't know who the next statue would be after that. I don't know if they're going to go to the next I'll tell you generation. 
Will, will they or they could stick with Hall of Famers? They could go Lee Smith. And this is this is the kind of the the eye roll all the way into Lake Michigan loop. <laughs> this is the uh, conversation we had back when Fergie got his right. Uh, kind of who yeah. was next, and I think we agreed at the time that Rhino for a sp- player specific Rhino was going to be it probably deserved to be next. Was next in line. Yeah. I think we all kind of realized that. Here's real quick uh, a quote from uh, Ryan Sandberg. Um, from Jared's story over at allcashow.com. Go check it out. Uh, he said, to be part of a structure and be part of Wrigley Field, that means so much to me because Wrigley Field was always my friend and so friendly to me. I love the atmosphere and the fans in the day games, the whole thing about it. I liked everything about that. Um, quick quote, but just, uh, you know, Jared got to talk to him after that announcement was made. Very cool thing for a guy that's so beloved, you know, in Cubs history. I know um, my dad's generation of Cubs fans, uh, favorite player was Ryan Sandberg, right? Uh, you know, back in yeah. the in 1984, all that, all that stuff. Um, so to see that happen, it's good for a generation of Cubs fans for sure, but also just cool to honor him and, and what he did on this uh, at Wrigley and on the North side and for the Cubs and, and everything, all that. So yeah. um, as far My as mom's favorite player too. Yeah. Could be as, Andre as Dawson could be the next statue too. Someone That's said the Hawk in, in there. Um, I was I was thinking I've, I had someone ask me in the past about like 2016 and like who from there is going to mm-hmm. be on there. And I think we also actually talked about that on Fergie Day as well, as far as if it's me and, and, and I'm making a prediction, I think they're going to honor that whole team before they would honor any of those players. Yeah. Not because those players weren't great players, uh, but just because it, the, the, what the team did mattered so much more than any one player and the, the longevity of all those players like their peaks, they, they didn't have long extended peaks. They didn't spend 10 seasons with the Cubs. Rizzo, no, right. Rizzo might have actually. Rizzo might have been close. Um, but it was, you know, it was just kind of it was the longevity factor is they none of them stand out above above what that team as a whole did. So I think if they're gonna build a statue for that team, it's gonna be for anyone on that team, it's gonna be all of them. You know, it's gonna be a way to commemorate that. Yeah, I I bet I would assume I'm gonna guess, I should say that the 2016 championship statue will come in 2026. They'll do it to, to remember. It'll be something special to remember 10 mm-hmm. years since they won the world series. And hopefully they've been back to a world series before that comes, but uh, we'll wait and see. Now the other news was uh, Mark Grace and Sean Dunstan will be the next people inducted into the Cubs hall of fame. Uh, Ryan, you have some sound on that too, as well. Yeah, just a, a quick video. You know, Mark Grace and Sean Dunstan, former teammates, friends, um, and Mark Grace, uh, you know, they're kind of telling stories and stuff. And this is the one I tweeted out, but it was probably my favorite story that Mark Grace told uh, from their playing days. Pretty funny. Got you know, a lot of people liked it on on uh, Twitter. But again, it's like another generation of Cubs fans that, you know, growing up were watching Sean Dunstan and Mark Grace play. And, um, you know, just another way to honor two guys that did, you know, maybe weren't the greats that, you know, um, Fergie Jenkins or Ryan Sandberg were, but just another way to honor two guys who, who had an impact on Chicago. I, I, Sean, Sean was my first couple of years. Sean, when, when, he would, when he would miss me, he'd miss, it, he'd miss in the 20th row, you know? <laughs> and like, like I said last night, I said there was Tinker to Evers to Chance, and then there was Sandberg to Dunstan to Addison Street. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that said, so so I told so I told I told Sean, I said, all right, Sean, okay. And, and it was when that the the, the movie, the, the movie White Man Can't Jump was out. 
with uh, with uh, Roy Harrelson and Russell Snipe. And so I said, I said, Sean, I said, you got to do me a favor. I said, I can't help you in the 20th row. I, I can't. I said, if you're going to miss me, miss me down here. I got a, I got a chance to pick that thing. I'm, I'm all right at doing that. So I got a chance to pick that thing because... And I said, I, I said, there's a movie out right now called White Men Can't Jump. So, so don't freaking throw it in the, throw it in the crowd. Miss me down here. And he started, and, and he laughed about it, and, and it loosened him up. And I'm telling you, for the next, for as long as Sean was still with the Cubs, every throw was right on the money because because he knew if he missed me, I could help him down here. But he never threw another one. He never threw another one in, in, into the stands. That's good stuff. I mean, those really, that is, that's the core of my childhood that those three guys, right. And then I'm, I'm getting older as a Cubs fan, but Sammy obviously was a big part of that as well. But for me, Grace Dunstan Sandberg, like it didn't, it didn't get better than that. I'm disappointed that team wasn't able to get to a world series, just get to a world series. Like I feel like they could have been better, um, because they did have some really, really good players. Sean Donston was so fun to watch. Mark Grace was Mr. Consistency, and then Sandberg was the Hall of Famer of the group. But, um, you know, Sammy obviously brings – he's a hot-button issue, right? Like, every year at Cubs convention, yeah. when they have it, obviously not the last two years, but, like, the Sammy questions are going to come. So, Cody, you were in there for the family panel – which I would say, from what I can tell, there wasn't, a, like you said, there wasn't a ton of negativity, but it's always going to be around this because there are fans that are angry that Sammy's not back at the ballpark, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll say the most negativity came related to Sammy Sosa, and then some lady had the audacity to ask about the sports book, which I could go on a rant about that later in the show if you want me to. Um, yeah. But it was mainly about Sammy Sosa. Um and the well, I'll say this much: the Ricketts put, did this on purpose, putting themselves first because, like, that room was empty at nine a.m. Like, I mean, <laughs> not empty, but there weren't like it wasn't packed like all the rest of them were. So, um, whatever that that that's uh, that's my two cents on it. But yeah, the the Sammy stuff was probably the most, uh, you know, I guess tension that was created yeah. in that in that 45 minutes or whatever. All right. Let's hear the first question from the fan about Sammy Sosa to uh, Tom Ricketts. Sammy Sosa. Yeah. Yeah. Here we come here, Mark Ricketts from the 90s into the Hall of Fame last night, which is awesome. I'm a kid from the 90s. And what's the progress for Sammy? Well, I have to say, I don't think it's really any progress for Sammy. Nothing's really changed um, that I know of anyway. Um, obviously, I, I see kind of. Um, I mean, I, I see both sides of, of this issue or this this discussion, and um, I hope someday that we come to like a, a really nice resolution with it. But um, but I don't really have anything new to report on Sammy today. Keep <laughs> the questions rolling here. We're gonna go over there. So that that's the first part, and then there's there's another portion or, or a follow up question there, about it, right? Let's just yeah, let's the, just do yeah. that one right away. Yeah, go ahead. You and your family are not the reasons why I watch baseball. 
Uh, I watch baseball because of Sammy Sosa. Probably because of Jerry Gross, too. Uh, so I guess my question is, what do you view as the two sides? Because from a fan perspective, it is very one-sided that he is the reason why I watch and why I've been a Cubs fan for 25 years. That was just back, back to Sammy. The, um, yeah. yeah, Tom. Well, <laughs> look, I, I, I think there are two sides here. Obviously, um, well, look, everyone can have an opinion on it, but like, but like the, um, I mean, obviously the, the voters, the Hall of Fame voters believe there's two sides to this story. Um, I know there's a lot of fans that have reached out to me directly that believe there's two sides to this story. I'd like to get it behind us as well, but um, but I just want to be thoughtful about it and um, do it in a way that's respectful of both the people that love Sammy as a player, as I did, and people that respect the game too. And um, and I think there's a balance in there somewhere, and maybe we'll find that at some point. But it's um, it's not something that uh, that um, you know that that I don't know. I don't think the, the final chapter is written on this, but, um, and we'll always be open-minded to find a way that works for everyone, but uh, for the time being, I, I don't really have any like, super updates on it, so. So applause at the end of that. Our YouTube chat's really been been good on this, and uh, nice job getting the videos on that, because I, I did want to hear those answers, Cody. So. Um, Barbara pointed out that Sammy used to get booed at the convention. Yeah, his departure was not good. Mm -hmm. The reason I would like to see him come back is that I think forgiveness is a beautiful thing. And if you can do that, uh, I think we're a forgiving fan base. We're a forgiving country. Uh, we're forgiving people. So, you know, if he didn't harm you in some specific way personally, um, maybe he has to do something. Maybe there's something, some way they can work this out. Ricketts seems slightly open to that. You know, he, he, I don't think he totally shut it down in that second answer, which I think was a good one. Little Yumper with a $10 super chat saying, Sammy owns the Ricketts nothing. If he doesn't want a job, the Ricketts need to get off their high horse. Selig is in the hall who allowed all the steroid era to run rampant. Yeah. That, that's a fair argument too. I mean, I do think it's a two-sided argument. I don't think it's one-sided. However, think believing that it's a two-sided argument, I would like to see them find a way for him to come back. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts on what Tom had to say is, you know, I guess for years I felt like he was just it, – it, it always came off as like he, you know, that he was calling the shots on this, and now he's using the Cubs Hall of Fame as, as, a, as an excuse perhaps or, you know, whatever. Like the, the Cubs Hall of Fame voters clearly have an issue with it, and – Listen, he's the freaking owner. Like, you can do whatever you want. You own the team, man. Like, and if you really love Sammy, like he literally said in that video that he did, then he can do that. And I, he says something about how, you know, he wants to be respectful and thoughtful of, like, I guess the voters, I guess he was he was pointing at. But I don't know, man. Like, we're we're talking we're, – we're not talking about – no offense to, 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 to uh, Sean Dunstan, but, like, Sammy Sosa created a, a whole generation of fans. I did the we did the video with with um, Joy Molinero, and 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 when he said, if you watch that video, he 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 literally said that too in that. Uh, and like, there's plenty of people of of me and Ryan's generation that that believe that. And like, 
I just feel like if you're, I don't even care if there's a statue. I don't even care if he's in the Cubs Hall of Fame. All I care about is that there's some sort of relationship. Like, invite him back, have him sit behind home plate, have some kiss some babies, wave at the fans, run out to the right field with the with the Chicago flag. I don't care. Like, like that's all, that's genuinely all I care about. Like the fact that we just like they continue to promote him on marquee. If you if you were at conv- at the convention this weekend, they there was an archive room where they had all these awards that guys on the team have won. There there was multiple Sammy Sosa awards or awards that Sammy Sosa won in that archive room. And it's like you're going to continue to use his name to promote you and whatever, but not not like at least have some sort of relationship with him. Like that's what bothers me. As much as I want him to be in the Cubs Hall of Fame or to have a statue because I think he deserves one. He has more home runs than anyone else in Cubs history. All that. Like, to me, that like that's what bothers me the most about it and why I'm always going to be loud about this. And until the until ownership or whoever the Cubs Hall of Fame voters, you know, just get off their high horse, I guess, like, I'm just going to continue to feel this way. And I'm always going to feel this way. Uh, no, we have Sammy, a super chat, by the way. I just want to say real quick, uh, yeah, about that. I mean, I, I when Rick has talks about seeing both sides, um, you know, there's the side that they're on, and, and you know, they weren't the owners when the whole ugly breakup happened. Um, him, him walking out last day of the season, um, he, you know, they weren't owners while he played for the team, but um, the fact, and I saw, I saw someone make the point, and I don't remember where I read it that. It may not all be the Ricketts. I mean, there are a lot of influential players, you know, that played prior to Sammy Sosa or with mm-hmm. Sammy or, you know, whatever, um, that, you know, Ryan Sandberg among them. I'm not saying that Ryan Sandberg doesn't want Sammy Sosa uh, to be welcomed back to the Cubs, but he uh, talked at uh, about Sammy. I, I think it might have been Paul Sullivan from the trip uh, kind of asked him about it, that um, he talked about, you know, there was, he, when, when Ryan Sandberg was inducted to the Hall of Fame, 28 times he used something about playing the game the right way or respecting the game. Um, obviously Sammy has, you know, an ugly history with that as far as the cork bat, as far as potential PED use. Um, again, not saying that Ryan Sandberg is telling Rick it's not to let him back, um, but there may be those kind of feelings going through the Cubs organization that aren't, that isn't just from the Ricketts side. Um, and, and that may be one, you know, some of those things that's like, and I know one of the things was is kind of if Sammy were to, kind of publicly admit that he did things wrong maybe that helps mend the fences uh sammy probably isn't you know doesn't want to do that because um he i know he's talked about in interviews talking about kind of feeling scapegoated for this whole era uh when other guys have kind of gotten the forgiveness that you know whatever that, that they earned or whatever um but then there's also for me it's it's when ricketts talks about both sides that you got the ricketts side and then the cubs uh, and you got Sammy's side. To me, there's a third side. To me, there's the fan side. And this is kind of going into what Cody said, that the fans have clearly – most fans have forgiven Sammy, I would say. Most of the vocal majority of the fans have forgiven Sammy uh, for what happened and want him want him back. They don't want him to be, like, the owner of the team or any of that stuff or, you know, whatever. It's just welcome him back to the Cubs family like you do with all these other alumni that are there every single year at Cubs convention, spring training, walking around Wrigley, whatever. You know, the people want him back. And I don't know if – the like, when – when you look at it and, and look at the Ricketts, it's like, yes, they, they, they have their own, you know, morals or pride or whatever. Sammy's going to have his own morals, pride, whatever. Um, but it should always go to what the fans want, right? Like that's, that's what I mean, you're putting it. I mean, it's a sport. Yes. But it's an entertainment product and the way you're going to entertain like, your whole thing is supposed to be catered to the fans and the fan experience and what the fans want. And 
if the if the majority of fans want Sammy Sosa back in to that and you know back into the Cubs family, I think the Ricketts and the rest of the Cubs have to acknowledge that that, that that's a, a legitimate side that deserves to be heard uh, when it comes to Sammy. It's not just Ricketts for Sammy. Uh, it's not just Cubs versus Sammy. It's like the fans are in that conversation as well and should be in that conversation as well because this is a, a fan thing, right? You're honoring a guy that was a fan favorite to a whole generation of Cubs fans that made, like that guy said in the video, is the reason why they watched Cubs baseball. Um, so I'm not saying that that should be the, the biggest influence on whether he gets it or not, but it's just that has to, they have to be part of the conversation. Cubs fans should be part of the conversation of if, you know, if they're still considering this stuff with Sammy, listen to what the fans want to. Yeah, there are, and you're right, Ryan. There are certainly a large group of former players that do not like the guys that were obvious steroid users. Like if they weren't steroid users, and then they watched the steroid era, that's it's not just the baseball writers keeping Sammy and Clemens and those guys out of the Hall of Fame. There are also a lot of former players that are very, very vocal about not wanting those guys. I don't, the one flip side I would say to this is that I want Sammy back, but I also don't get why Sammy just won't meet halfway, right? Like, I don't know why he just won't swallow the pride a little bit and be like, I'm sorry. I don't think he has to even come out and say, I, I did steroids. I just think he should come out and say, I'm, I made a lot of mistakes. I didn't leave on the right terms. I wish I, I wouldn't have left the way I left but this is home and this is where my people are, my fans are, I, I want to be back. And so for anybody that I hurt, anybody I disrespected, I'm asking for forgiveness. I'd like to be back. I think it could be that simple, really. Like one statement like that, I think would be enough for people to bring him back. But I just don't know how, I just don't see him meeting that halfway uh, until he's really, desperate for the attention and it doesn't seem like he's that way anymore like i think he's happy yeah. staying away i think he'd like to be back but i don't know it's 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 sort of fascinating um yeah. i know we get a super chat it. what's that we do have that super chat that i really we get another super chat oh yeah i'm sorry adrian dc 499 thank you he says my concern this whole weekend is seeing how tom was open about being cheap as an owner uh, I, I wouldn't I'm say not, that's true. I'm not gonna lie, Luke. Me and you were in the were doing right. interviews while Tom. I don't know what he said, Cody. Yeah, Cody, Cody you, would you have bought, the, Did you get that feeling I mean, that he was like, "Hey, I'm cheap." I just remember there's someone talk like someone said something. A fan asked about uh, something related to Anthony Rizzo, and I just remember Laura Ricketts saying something along the lines of, "You know, when they when we traded Anthony Rizzo, she she cried and and." you know, all that kind of stuff, but they really emphasize how they really believe in Jed. And so I guess if you want to consider that as admitting to being cheap, then I disagree with that being why you would think that he said he was openly being cheap. He did not openly say that in, in my opinion, Tom's session was a lot of like how we joked about on last Thursday when Luke pretended to be Steve Ricketts, Tom's quote unquote brother. Like that, the only thing that was, you know, that was controversial or whatever was the Sosa stuff. And then someone had the audacity to get all pissed off about the sports book ruining like Wrigley's like, uh, you know, historic, historic, like fitting or whatever which was so dumb and i never eye rolled so dumb or for so long in my entire life when someone had the audacity to ask that question 
um whatever uh that's but again that that's how it went like he didn't he did not openly say that he was like cheap though or like make you believe that i all he really did when it came to the roster was talk about how they really believed in jed so you can be upset about that if you if you're not a fan of jed and you want to be upset about that okay fine i i i'm not going to stop you from doing that but yeah all right, we get we got to get to a break. I do want to point out that Lucas said the Cubs spent more than 26 other teams this offseason. Uh, the Combat Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve save money and energy. Combat offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs, they can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include an estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. So don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comed.com slash powering biz. If you're ready to sign up for a facility assessment, call them at 1-855-433-2700 during normal business hours to speak with a ComEd Energy Efficiency Program representative. Email businessee at comed.com or request an assessment online at their website, comed.com slash facility assessment. And Cody, uh, lots of good gambling out there for football fans right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I was just talking about the sports book at Wrigley, right? It's going to be a DraftKings sports book and I'm going to be there a lot. I'm just, I'm just being completely blunt with you. And you know, maybe, maybe we'll be able to do a show there one day. So if you're not a fan of sports book, maybe you can get on board because you might come see, you might see me there. You might see all three of us there doing something. I don't know. Um, but the NFL playoff action continues. We are one step closer to Super Bowl 57 and for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at even at an even bigger payout with DraftKings. Stepped up same game parlays, boost your NFL winnings, and each leg you add up to 100%. I had a parlay this weekend. Did not work out, and that's because I took the Chargers, and they blew a 24 to nothing lead. Uh, thanks, nothing, Los Angeles. Actually. 27 nothing. Lee. Sorry. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details in the podcast or YouTube description. That said, Giants plus seven. That's the lock of the week. Lock it in. We ride on Saturday. Can't wait. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, the, the CHGO Bulls guys off to Paris. How about that? So now we you know we have the London games. I know Cody's already been sending personal letters to uh, King Charles uh, asking for his admittance into the country, asking for potentially, um, you know, like a caravan of police to bring him into the country if we can get there. Well, hopefully and he has his he, passport by then, Cody. <laughs> I, got, I like, do have a question. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. If it is not <laughs> here by then, I, 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 what, what, <laughs> don't even like <laughs> put that energy out there, Ryan. Come on, man. 
can you can you place a DraftKings bet when you're in London? Uh, I don't know if the it's legal, that. if it's legal there, you'll be able to yeah, write an app. An app. Yeah. We should ask Rachel. I I should DM her DM her and ask her is sports betting legal in London? So figure that out england i guess it's a good question uh our producer steven has a poll question for us by the way he wants to know where people think the cubs will finish in the division right like think of the offseason i remember last year going into the season we had some projections that had them finishing either behind the pirates or the reds i think it was behind the reds um and i thought that was crazy i don't see a scenario where they finish behind the reds or the Pirates again this season. I think it's – if I had to put a percentage on the Cubs finishing – if I had to put money on the Cubs finishing ahead of or behind the Brewers, I would put money on the Cubs ahead of the Brewers this year. Yeah, I think I they've mean, done enough this offseason to finish ahead of the Brewers. So if I had to – I agree. If I had to put all of Cody's money <laughs> and Ryan's money combined on yeah. – but not Which your own house spot, but not my house. Cause I would never do yeah. that. Uh, but if I had to put Cody's money on it, I would put it. Um, I would say the Cubs finish second. I, I still think the, the, obviously the Cardinals have the star power. If those guys are healthy, which you know, mm-hmm. any team can get injury problems. I would say the Cardinals are still a better team on paper, but you could easily argue the Cubs have better pitching than the Cardinals. So sometimes yeah. that even the playing field, I just don't know. I don't think it'll be that far off. I think the Cubs will be within, let me put it this way. If you had a division race, I bet you the Cubs are within five games of first place before the end of the season when it's all said and done. I could see that, that the Cubs are only five behind the Cardinals if they win the division. I would feel differently about Milwaukee if Christian Yelich was still good at baseball, but he's not. (laughs) So, sure. the, the way like their success genuinely goes through Christian Yelich. Like they traded Hunter Renfro. Yeah, you know, I know they got William Contreras in that like fleece job that the that Oakland allowed with uh, Sean Murphy. But I mean, I I don't know. I their their pitching is still good, right? Like they have the pitching, but I could see Milwaukee selling at the deadline. I've said that a few times on this show. So I don't know. I. I do well, think they the sold Cubs at the deadline last year. I'd, I'd probably I'd probably go second. I think I think the Cardinals are still the top team in the in the division. They didn't do enough to shore up their pitching and actually lost from their pitching. And you know Adam Wainwright's a year older, um, but and they, I guess maybe they can try to bank on Jack Flaherty being healthy because he was a really good pitcher when he is. Um, as far as the Brewers go, I disagree, Cody. I think I mean I think y'all just going to be what he is, but their success really goes through Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and and Freddie Peralta, and the rest of those guys. They just signed someone else. I don't remember exactly who it was uh, for the rotation, but um, their rotation is easily the best in the division, uh, one of the best in baseball. And if those guys are lights out, you know, if, if Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff are Cy Young candidates like they generally are, if Freddie Peralta, I, I remember a couple of years ago I was saying. Peralta could be like a dark horse Cy Young guy mm-hmm. if he pitches to that level. And then you got Eric Lauer still in there. Adrian Hauser is, you know, up and down a little bit, but he's probably steady in the back of that rotation. That's going to be what gives the Cubs fits if they're trying to compete for second place in the division. It's going to be the Brewers rotation. All I know is that team can't hit and you got to score yeah. runs to win games, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. I, I just think that it's been a good – 
four or five day stretch for Cubs fans because uh, there is a little more positivity after Cubs convention. They have added a guy who hit 18 homers last year. And while there are certainly flaws on what is likely an unfinished roster, maybe Andrew Chafe, maybe, maybe the sheriff joins the team before the end of the season. Another little piece, small piece that would make you feel a little bit better about this team yeah. going into the season. I feel good about the chat. I feel good about this podcast. I feel good about the Cubs. I think we're all moving in the right direction. We're 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 done going in the wrong direction. We're finally looking ahead to the right direction. So thanks to everybody who joined us for the podcast today. Make sure you hit the like button and subscribe to the channel on your way out. We appreciate it. We'll be back at 120 on Tuesday. We'll be in studio tomorrow. Hope to see you there. Until then, make sure you fly the W. And thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings. We'll see you tomorrow.